Oh great, another Snideful production. Searching. I need to watch that as good research. Yes, but the the three way sword fight at the end of Pirates Two is our best one for the fight with the best man himself. Hmm. That's very interesting. Okay. Yeah. There's so many things to consider for this now. Now that our world has expanded, and yes. I think that we might have have we abandoned the fishermen. <laughs> uh I don't know if we've abandoned them, but they're if they if there's anything, they need a rework. Yeah. Now that Columbo's back, he can he can start putting together his own little organization. Oh, that's actually really cool. I do love that he's back and he's putting the crew back together. Yeah. It's a Ocean's Eleven. We wanted to do an Ocean's Eleven. Oh hell yeah! And we kind of half-assed it. I think we we uh, what's the word when you crowbar you uh. We, we wedged it, it in. Yeah, we shoehorned it. We shoehorned it into FanFT Island, I think, where we we like rapidly did a heist. But it would be cool if we did a Columbo's getting the crew back together. I think I would like that, and that can that can definitely fit into the part where he basically forces uh, the the that sort of timeline divergence. Right. He can his crew can be integral for that. Are we? we do, so we've we're got doing on, an... we've we've got until then to build it. Yeah, for sure. And it can be Ocean's 13 just so we can have Al Pacino. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, he was so mad in that one. <laughs> he was, uh, just that was that was, was the most furious I've ever seen him. And I've seen the devil's munching, advocate. munching the scenery. Yeah, <laughs> like they weren't that that uh, that new development on that building was not made out of sturdy enough material. He was chewing it right down. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. But yeah, it was it was worse than him in Devil's Advocate, and that was his most seen chewery I've ever Actually, seen. Actually, that's that. really funny then, is to have Al Pacino as like a, a world devourer like type. Like he's he's literally curbying the scenery into his mouth, and that's why he's the villain in that episode. The <laughs> shit he does in that movie, he just... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not special effects that's just him destroying that's the scenery him. around him <laughs> <laughs> yep they didn't have to put in special effects but they did have to put out some fires that's very funny oh my gosh he's kind he's, of become a caricature of himself he's got a fascinating career I haven't seen Grown Ups 2 but I think I need to uh, just to see him is Al Pacino I, in that one he, or no, or I'm thinking of Jack and Jill. Never mind. I'm oh. thinking of Jack and Jill. But I did listen to the podcast. What was it? The worst idea on earth? Did you ever come across that one? I think I have. Which, which? Tell me about this one. Is these two guys from New Zealand, and I think they did like three or four different seasons. But it started off with watching um, uh, Grown Ups Two every week, and then doing a review of it, like trying to find new information. What what new what did you take away from this week's watch of Grown Ups 2? And then they moved on to Jack and Jill. And so I heard a lot about Al Pacino's performance, but I got to see it now. Make my Mecca pilgrimage. <laughs>
You gotta go check out these movies that are infamous, to say the least. Infamous. I'm part of Adam Adam Scandler. Scam, scam, scam. Scandler. Yeah. (laughs) Gambler. That's that's one. (laughs) (laughs) That's one for us. He duped Netflix into giving him a bunch of money to hang out with his friends and give them cool cars. You know what? On the other, on on one hand, damn him for making awful movies that I allowed myself to be suckered into watching. But on the other hand, that's the funniest thing anybody's ever done to a big company. Truly, yeah. I mean, maybe now that now that we're saying that, because we were just talking recently about how South Park made a massive deal. Oh, right. For 13 movies or something like that with Paramount or something. And, and we were going like, how are they going to do that? Who wants this is going to be garbage? But maybe that's them just Doing laughing the all thing. the way to the fucking bank. <laughs> <laughs> they're having a great time. They, yeah, they know. They know it's going to be garbage, but they're going to be fucking billionaires. So who cares? <laughs> whatever paramount's paying for it <laughs> this is that that's them going to the grammys or the oscars on acid or whatever it was oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be paramount's reputation whatever that is that's a good point it's just their bank account that still exists <laughs> yeah just desperately trying to make return on ip the return on ip machine r.i.p Oh my gosh, people are obsessed with just like milking IPs for everything. Nobody's allowed to make anything new anymore. Well, I think my understanding of it was it's because they they have all this IP. They don't have to spend any money on like licensing and legal shit. So it's more it's easier for them to do loss leading. Every single product is a loss leader now because they might make bank on an IP that they've had since 1936 or whatever. Yeah, and if they don't make something out of it, they'll lose it yeah because it's it's a use it or lose it system so every once in a while they get close enough to losing their rights to something so they have to do something with it renew it oh yeah that's the whole sony spider-man thing right mm-hmm. more and so, time and so they'll do it as cheaply as possible well if any gigantic studios are looking for um a 40 film deal a 40 film deal for not like <laughs> relatively low money. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't cost we've, much. We've got a two person production studio out here. We uh, we volunteer for tribute. <laughs> We'd probably do it for a million bucks. I would. T- yeah, I was going to say I will take ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> OK, 40 films Let's move on for the rest of our lives for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> We'd be the idiot. It would have to be. It would have to be millions. <laughs> but that's kind yeah, of funny too. We can make a movie about it. Dumb and Dumber Three. Uh, but banking on recognized things just seems to be everything now. Nobody's 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 gone through the work it takes to kind of make something new because it, it's it's a big gamble, much bigger than the gamble on just something that's already marketable and branded. I mean, that's why we're on what James Bond number a million. Everything before nobody's going to gamble had a whole bunch of like weird leg stuff. Oh, I got garbled. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Now I have to remember what my word vomit was. (laughs) The train of thought. Yeah. Something about how nobody makes new IPs anymore because it's just a, a big gamble. And why gamble on making a new IP when you can just dust off something that's already branded and marketable? 
Oh yeah, the 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 business is get the consumers to gamble. Don't make money off of gambling. Yeah, milk milk the consumers and milk the brand until there's nothing left. Because well, we've still got other IPs. There's a bunch of them left, and in a couple of in a couple of years, everybody's gonna forget what we did to Batman, and we'll just we'll bring him back. <laughs> the first commandment of capitalism is milk not thyself. <laughs> 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 oh, that's actually that that can be anti-imperialism's a... one of her rules. Yeah, that uh that sounds like anti-imperialism. <laughs> Milk not thyself. They've got a big book. <laughs> a big coffee table book. Yeah, it's it's a big book. It's gotta get hauled off of like one of the top shelves and it slams and it gets dusted off. Commandment number one. They don't even have to go very far into the book for this one. Milk not thyself. What's commandment? Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, we can't. Slam the book shut. <laughs> There's only one rule written in here. Okay, so we've okay, got Jordan, Jordan B. Hooverson's 12 Rules for Life. Ah, Hooverson. That's pretty good. That's not it's it needs work. I would like a closer, a closer, uh, you know, actually well-written one. <laughs> it's, it's progress and it's more than I had. Heffer- Hefferson, I guess, is closer. Heffer's a cow, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. He, yeah. Jordan B. Hefferson. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have like nine different characters named after this asshole in our little universe. <laughs> That's true. He keeps showing up. He lives in our heads rent free. Well, he's, I had a, a weird thought, but he's sort of, a, uh, I liked uh, Cody's proclamation that he's a false prophet. And in that vein, I was kind of fixated on the idea that he is a anti antichrist. He's very similar he, to. He is. He is. He's very similar to an antichrist from the Left Behind series. Nikolai, whatever that guy's name was. Jordan, Jordan Peterson is like an invasive thought. Yeah. Which is so Speaking funny that he's. An- Got that Kermit voice. (laughs) (laughs) Kermit. Yeah, it's it's difficult to take him seriously, especially because when he gets kind of angry or nobody likes you, a little bit impassioned, it comes out a little bit more strongly. You're stupid. Clean your own house. (laughs) Okay, Kermit. All right, everybody. Welcome to Nightfall. Welcome, welcome to this evening's production. Welcome to Snidefall. The writer's room, brought to you by Snidefall. 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 Stroke waffle. Yeah, that too. It'd be really cool if we could talk Mackie into doing, because they have their Dolce flavored. It'd be really cool if they could, I mean, obviously it would come down to the actual growers and we don't have that kind of pull. But if they could come up with a strain that was like a, I guess they could do the paper flavors, but still the uh, like a strope a strope waffle flavor, and then we could do like an actual like brand. What's that called? Uh, fuck. Is it not brand? Well, it's a brand. It's a brand, not a brand crossover. Brand placement, brand injection, something like that. Oh, like a product placement. Yeah, product placement. Yeah. Speaking of invasive thoughts. Every single thought. Yeah, every single thought that isn't on topic at the very least. Tonight, we are besting the best man. We are besting the best man. This goes all the way back to... Very yeah, better than last time. Better than last time. We will best him. This time, oh, yeah. we are going to best him better, besterer than last time. I even better made a tweet about it. Bested. I even made a tweet about it. 
Really? Yeah. I just start following Twitter. But it is, as you said, once you, the, the problem is using it means you have to look at it and it starts, it starts poisoning you immediately. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> Especially because it, one, the very first thing that it came up suggesting that we follow, Bored Apes Yacht Club. Oh, I know. We are, we're inundated. I don't know what I follow to get. I, I keep getting tagged in these things. Your NFTs, you guys, you know, you've got not a fucking thing. Not a fucking thing. Okay, so let's best this best man. I was thinking that an excellent place to start the scene would actually be almost immediately after the shooter is escorted out. Sorry, say that again. I was thinking that the best place to start the scene would actually be immediately after the shooter is escorted out. The shooter is escorted out of the wedding. In the wedding shooter sketch, yes. So we start okay. in the chapel. So we get to Which introduce the sort of before. setting. Yeah, we get to introduce right. the setting of the. I suppose reintroduce the setting of the chapel, but introduce it as the setting of this episode primarily. Yeah, just have that tail end of like the 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 guy protesting as the cops walk him out or whatever. Yeah, and then there's going to be like some stunned silence. One guy coughs in the background, and then. Kind of apropos of nothing, everybody just resumes the the music, and then and then it's the priest, you know, takes it away. Wow! And... Whoa! Wow. <laughs> yes, that was going to be the opportunity for that. Yeah, we, we started off with a bang. <laughs> I I like that a lot. Then to actually have it starting in a, a spot where the 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 high t- tension is, there's been an interruption, and then a bit of uh, question mark period. As the the guy kind of glances around, and nobody knows that we're going to make this reference right off the bat. <laughs> That's nope. so funny. It's kind of just like an ambush. Malage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and and I was thinking that it would be the moment when he asks if anybody objects to this union. That's when our duelists break in the door, just like this uh. wedding. This wedding could not be worse. It just gets interrupted endlessly. What is the what is the line speaking? Oh yeah, speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah, <laughs> and then crash, bam, shing, shing, steel on steel. We've got these, we've got these, you know, period piece musketeers banging in the door and then just fighting their way all the way down the aisle. And I think. I think we're going to watch them fight around the pews for a little while before they get too close to the uh, the altar. And that's when the best man was is going to have to intervene. They, they, they don't call me the best man for nothing. Can they do that thing? I'm, I'm thinking I've seen it in dance, like in musicals, but I assume it has to have been done also in fight choreography where they step on a chair and then follow through with the momentum as it keels over at a 90 degree. Can they, they do that with a pew and the the fa- the whole family they get knocked over and they all wail? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, just like a really good forward sort of thrust <laughs> momentum into that into one edge of the pew so that it does go ass over tea kettle. And unfortunately, this entire nice little family is going to be ejected. <laughs> Everybody ragdolls. <laughs> oh yeah. They're gonna they're gonna become projectiles and hit other people, and they will also ragdoll. Now I know we wanted to have a, a a number of locales visited during the duel, and I think 
you know the old Mario games where if you went far enough to the right of the screen, you'd just pop up on the left side? Yeah. I think we should bookend it so that the fight leaves the chapel, moves across town, goes to various locations, but inevitably winds up coming back to the chapel where it is eventually resolved. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we we start in the chapel, but we also we also do want to end it there, but it, we can move the meat of the fight anywhere we want. That way we can still have the fight through a construction site where somebody's, you know, on having a duel on an I-beam carried by a crane. Mandatory. Yeah, I'm, I have the, it's positioned here at the bottom. The whole idea of Peter Falk being grandpa telling the story. Is that a, yeah, because I, we have? Yes. Yeah, I was just trying to figure if that was like a one time use just as like a gag. We cut away to him telling the story. Or if we actually want to use that as like a framing device that we were kind of popping back in and out of to as like a transition device. I, I was thinking that it could be very useful as a transition device. Yeah. <clears throat> and I especially liked the part that we had discussed in the in the uh, the old version about how this kid is actually complaining about all the action. Where's the romance? Where's the kissing? So should we actually start with that that setting then start in the bedroom, but have it like that, like we're coming back from commercial for that kind of thing. And grandpa is like, all right, so where were we? I was just telling you about how the shooter was being let out of the church. Oh, so he that, that was also part of the story. Yeah, I don't know. Do you like that idea? That's kind of interesting. That's kind of creating that, a whole new it, thing. It is. It is kind of interesting. It's almost meta. It's extremely meta, especially if he's Columbo. <laughs> In this one, he's just grandpa, <laughs> but nobody knows how many how many families is this guy running. Who knows? Grandpa, grandpa, just tell me one more story before bed, please. Okay, be kind of... one more story. Well, because. <laughs> This <laughs> doesn't because the Fargo cops are in that shooter story. The, that shooter story takes place in the Tucker and Todd universe. So it's kind of funny if the Tucker and Todd I mean, universe takes place in a story being told by Peter Falk. <laughs> it, it actually it takes it, it's actually in a script in yeah. Tucker and Todd. T- uh, Tucker and Todd are writing. So it's a story oh, yeah, right. inside of the Tucker Todd universe. And the Tucker Todd universe is a, a story inside of this Oh man, it's a story inside a story. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Only this time okay. it's Grandpa telling our story instead of us telling our story. Yeah, I like that. Oh, is that how we zoom out at the end then? Is Tucker and Todd are telling the story about Grandpa telling the story? Is that the actual <laughs> proper zoom out? <laughs> I like that. That's pretty funny. How Straight many layers are them. we going to... How many layers? <laughs> Oh, it comes uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, and uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett are ah, <laughs> like they're telling kicking around story. in the background. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just like we need to go deeper. Oh, and then and then also, what's his name? Uh, Nicholas Cage is there as his own twin, recreating the making of being John Malkovich. Have you seen adaptation? No. You should see adaptation. That is a trip. <laughs> is it a Nicolas Cage film? Yeah, it's a. I, I Every think Nicolas it's Cage it's, film is a trip. 
It's Charlie Kaufman, the guy that made like uh, Being John Malkovich and uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like that kind of like cerebral stuff. And then mm-hmm. so it it's a it's a sort of a memoir, like an autobiographical story about him writing and making his existential crisis that he went through while he was making uh, being John Malkovich. And so there's a point where Nicolas Cage is playing this guy who's going through this crisis as he's like steps onto the set of being John Malkovich being filmed, etc. It's, it's pretty trippy. That's wild. <clears throat> that is a show within a show. Yeah. And it's got Helen Mirren in it. Very good. I do think it would Wait. be kind of funny if Tucker and Todd get, get pulled away from this to reveal that they are in fact writing the story about grandpa telling the story. If they're pulled away from it by Jay, they get to flat out point out that she said the last version was too messy and bloody. Right. I think Jay's commentary should be that we're like, are you guys trying to, are you guys overdoing the meta thing again? Yeah. <laughs> and this sketch, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even close to as bloody as it was before. Look, you hang it upside down. Only a few drops way better, way cleaned up. There's even some kissing. There's some kissing, yeah. There's there's a romance story. There's womance. Oh, womance, yeah. There's love. What are you talking about? That was (laughs) womance. But then I guess we get in trouble for taking it too many levels of meta because, I don't know, the clock stopped working correctly. We start screwing with time, local time, space time around us. Oh, it zooms out into a board meeting with Jeff Zuckerberg in an in a AI, whatever. Or not All AI, VR. Uh, VR. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a Sugar and Bone song. It is. Okay. Unless it's the album that Scrotal <clears throat> Pavilion made. Oh, oh, that's a good that's a good point. That could be a concept album. Yeah. Maybe that's when they, they get like the lead guitarist from Sugar and Bones to help them out. I can see the guy, the one of those big, like cyclop, like monoptical tentacled things, like swallowing, swallowing the sky. All flesh is responsible. (laughs) All flesh is responsible. Oh, it's a it's a cybernetic monoptical tentacle thing. Yeah, yeah. uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think we almost met them at the end of the first season of uh, Star Trek Picard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Portal in the sky full of uh, cybernetic tentacles. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah, the writers of that show have the same nightmares as we do. (laughs) Cheerios are probably too crunchy for the podcast. Okay. Yes. So we've got these guys breaking into the uh, these guys break into the chapel. Does the best man fight them right away or does he fight them only after they return? Maybe they shock and awe everybody so much that everybody's kind of in stunned silence as they fight their way in to the chapel and then right back out of it to go on a town spanning duel. And it's not until they return and interrupt everything a second time that the best man gets involved and then bested. Okay, I'm thinking so I'm thinking the way to actually set this up a little bit. Um, did you like my idea of having them do the majority of their fighting through simply different areas of the mall rather than different areas of the town? Okay, so they fight their way right over to a mall next door. Oh, so Okay, so what I was actually going to say is is actually rearrange a bit of the ordering of this. Because the fight scene in Princess Bride, 
takes place before anybody really knows who that character even is. And so I think it's kind of so if we start with the framing that we start with the framing that Peter Falk is is telling the story and actually he he joins in from the beginning of this fight of these two character masked characters who don't know necessarily why they're fighting start fighting. And we don't necessarily know why they're fighting, except that they're fighting and it's thrilling and they're witty. And we watch their fight all the way through this mall with perhaps Grandpa cutting in and out with the narration. But then that cuts away to we watch a whole bunch of their fight. And then that cuts away to the last moments of the shooter being let out and the wedding taking place inside of that that building. And then after moments of of like peace being established by that transition the wall crashes in as these characters come through so that we don't even have to deal with how they got there well i i never had any intention of dealing with how they got there they were just going to show up out of nowhere but if you well, if you want to start the, if you want to start the fight elsewhere and then follow them into the wedding that's also fine yeah because I, I like i like the idea hmm well because mowage mowage takes place pretty close to the end of the plot and so if we're taking different plot things, like, I don't know, do we want to take other plot points? Do you like the idea of meeting the, the, the mall rats of unusual size in the mall? Um, and even, well, that's actually kind of funny. I guess that would be Ethan Supple, you know, to make fun of him. <laughs> if, we do, if we do meet anybody at the mall, I want somebody to give one of the duelists a chocolate-covered pretzel. Oh, that can work, definitely. Uh, but I'm thinking of Princess Bride plot points as well. Like, I feel like we should have the Sicilian with his, his Wallace Shawn voice and some sort of reference to poison and a, and a logic puzzle or whatever. And I feel like we should have like a Billy Crystal and his like wife in the in the woods kind of character. I don't know. Maybe that's me getting caught up in the Princess Bride thing. Well, maybe if we just we, focus on the fight. Well, because I guess how much how how if much we do do. If we do do a princess bride thing with the logic thing, I think rather than drink the poison, we should just stab the guy. Indiana Jones gun it kind of thing. How much are we doing with the like the best man clause? Like once that occurs, does much happen after that? Or like because I feel like last time we didn't really explore or what was it, it even probably happens or what it that probably involved? happens close to the end because that'll be that'll be like. Somewhere around the climax of the episode, near the end, will be when the guy who actually does best the best man becomes the new best man, and then the duel kind of resumes. Right. But like under a brand new context, because now this guy's the best man and has to he has still has to complete the wedding. That was one of my favorite parts of the previous version, was everybody staying to clean up after the wedding and everything, put away chairs until the last two guys that are still there are the best man in the surviving duelist. And then the fight immediately picks up again as soon as the last chair is stacked. Oh, that they held off until he finished his duties as the best man. Yeah, once he takes on the new this new persona, the, the fight is off because it would be ungentlemanly to continue until after he's done his duties. Okay. But that's also kind of small enough that the the cleaning up after the wedding and then picking up the fight afterwards that's small enough that it can be a post credit i guess it could be uh, i like guess if, if uh... the episode proper ended with the tuwav and then the actual successful wedding with the best man successfully best manning it the new best man and then it would be post credits where they're cleaning up and then it turns out that the fight's never quite over okay so do we actually have anything to do with this then i don't i feel like this is written then 
We do, because we get to decide where they go, what they're doing. And also, we especially get to decide what in particular scenes are being cut away from, because it's not one continuous uh, thing. There are transitions away, because we're going to include more of the Peter Falk as grandpa. And so all of that is so all of that is before they. So when does that occur then? All this Which cutting away. So when one? we can have more than one. I think I need to make new notes because now everything is not the same as it is in this notes. First, let's just decide where it starts. Does it start at the chapel or elsewhere? It starts with Peter Falk telling a story to his grandson. Right. And the the once they okay, so you know, tell tell me another story, Grandpa, please. He's like, all right, just one more thing. Does is he asking? Thing... Is he doing? Is he? Are we playing the kid as the same as he is in the movie? Does he's not or now? Or is this is after the princess one? He's asking for. Can you tell me another kissing story? Actually, this is that how we maybe we actually dig into this a little bit and make a gag and a sketch out of the kid and the grandpa and the the premise is that the kid is now like all horned up he's all horned up from the the first story the grandpa told first he was all grossed out by the kissing but now he can't get enough of romance stories now now he's into it he's too yeah, into now it. he's like and it's kind of like uncomfortable and so grandpa's always trying to come up with these love stories and the kid's all way into it the kid is too into it he's, he's like, yeah, when, he's, when do they get when do they start the kissing grandpa twirling his pubes under his jammies jesus christ <laughs> You find the line and then cross it twice. <laughs> I'm just being biographical. Yeah, I know. I think we all get that. <laughs> uh, you need to relax. <laughs> Under those blankets. Gramp- Grandpa knows what's going on and he's going to try Grandpa and steer knows. that. He's going to try and steer it away. He does the Caesar Milan. He sticks his, his hands into the kid's neck and does that. <laughs> 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 that's actually funny <laughs> he's just taming this kid yeah the grandson whisperer or whatever that's why they call me grandpa <laughs> what's why they call you grandpa <laughs> <laughs> i invented that maneuver oh man we get we get dark with it as the as there's like the little bruise forming on his neck and his mom comes what's on your neck oh he's just been getting hickeys at school i think <laughs> Wow. Colombo, you're a villain. <laughs> well, there's actually I just recently saw that um episode where but is it Butter's grandma or Butter's aunt is visiting and she's abusing him. Oh yeah, him. his his grandma, she's a super <laughs> evil bully. <laughs> oh, my cheeks are hurting. She is she is shockingly a bully. And it <sighs> makes me think because it's South Park also did the Caesar Milan with with uh, he visited oh, yeah, Cartman. True. <laughs> he yeah. kept getting Cartman with that move. <laughs> and I guess it we're doing worked. A, I guess we're doing a South Park ripoff episode. Yeah, it worked too. The yeah, only thing that, that ever worked. <laughs> yeah, it was. Because I remember what Cartman did to Super Nanny first. She she had a full mental breakdown, and then they called in Caesar Milan, and he started treating Cartman like a dog, and it worked. <laughs> Some discipline. It, yeah, we'll we'll just make a, a tight little reference to it. This kid gets a little too interested in the wrong part of the story, and he just gives him that little a little pinch and hiss, and he's like, "Ah, stay focused." 
Junior. Well, that that actually that makes a, a lot of uh, that gives a reason for Grandpa to have lots of like inserted gags throughout the narration to be like doing like a little asterisk aside of like, and they did it chastely. <laughs> yeah, lots lots of uh, lots of little euphemisms to keep things from getting too crazy for this kid, and also re- like misdirect and redirect. Yeah, leaving room for Jesus, as they called it in school. Woohoo, Grandpa. All right, so Grandpa's telling this story. Uh, does the story begin with the duel, or does it begin at the church with the wedding proceeding? I actually, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I actually like the idea of starting at the church thing, and then we can do it can go to a mall from there, maybe or wherever it goes. I like the idea of the mall so much, but just because of references. Um, I'm, I'm and- happy to take it to a mall. There's so much we can do in the mall. Yeah, it's I like the idea of it all being kind of contained within one kind of consistent look, but just having different props that differentiate the sections of the area. And Um, the mall, the mall can be next door and it can be like a ring shape. They can just come out the other side of the mall and walk right back into the chapel. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I I, I do. Sorry. I like that 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 makes for a moment to do the like these guys again. (laughs) Well, yeah, and it also makes it easy to do a transition phase. Yeah, because as soon as they exit the the chapel, we can transition. Grandpa, why? What? Why are we leaving the wedding? That's where the kissing is. Exactly. That's what I love that narration cutaway, so that we don't even have to deal with how they get anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And it it allows us to break it up a bit, and and there's there's room for Grandpa to go and have a beer or something, or yeah. just... would you focus on the story? The story, the story stalls out in in the grandpa universe, the grandpa section of this. <laughs> so like, it's just kind of idling, staring at the kid, and then you just hear like a toilet flush, and grandpa comes back. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Whoops! I forgot you were here. He says to the audience. That's Sorry funny. about that. I should like have everybody left you is, in the story. Everybody in the story is like in suspended animation. Yeah, kind of looking at each other, blinking. Yeah, they're just kind of like waiting. They don't realize that the audience is watching them. Now that's meta. That's how you scratch the fourth wall. Scratch it. Itch it. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a rash. Flick it. Bop it. Oh, I remember that thing. Smack it. Yeah. Pull it. I had no idea that that was basically an entire manual for just basic sex instructions. Uh, yeah, hey. That's funny. Tug it. Flick it. I'm sure there is an adult version that you can buy on some of Etsy site or something like that. I'm sure there is. And I mean, what it really did was get me familiar with the terminology I'd be using for the next 25 years. Hey, baby, want to bop? Want to bop it? (laughs) (laughs) I've been asking women that since I was eight years old and I, I haven't quit yet. Works every time. What I what I mean when I ask that might change decade to decade, but I never stop asking it. Hey, baby, you want to bop it? You want to go back to my place and bop it? (laughs) Yeah, we'll bop it. We'll bop it all over the furniture in here. (laughs) Oh, God. The 90s. What a crazy time to be alive. Good old toys. Yeah, I remember when they weren't for sex and they were just for bopping it. I do. Um, Okay, so Grandpa, they, they moved to the mall. Yeah, I I do like the idea of starting in the chapel just because it lets us kind of begin with like a low energy. It's 
it seems like everything is going to go as normally. And then we just have a couple of maniacs kick in the door. Yeah, I like that. Because because it's got it's got a low tension and everybody's like, well, I'm sure something's going to happen. There's because, you know, it's us. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I like the the little bit longer period of suspended action. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's going to be all action very soon. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the sword fight episode. Yeah, it's the that's actually. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. This is the sword fight episode. So, yes, they. They do the thing. Everybody in the chapel is in stunned silence. This is before the best man gets involved. It, he he can stay alive for now. That joke is that's our best material. That's going to have to wait. Yeah, I guess. Do we at least establish in this section that he is the best man? I guess depending on where he's standing, you already know. He will be standing nearby to the groom. And I'm thinking that he can be in almost like ceremonial military garb, complete with like a a ceremonial saber on his hip. He he oh, looks the best, best man. Yeah. Like he's got like little epaulets on his on his shoulders. He looks like he's in 1800s military formal wear. That's cool. And it also means he's got a cavalry saber saber. He looks like he's ready to duel. And that's an opportunity for like a, a building tension as the duel creeps closer and closer to the best man in the altar and his hand reaches for his sword scabbard. Starts to like hover. Yeah, it hovers over the hilt. He's about to grab it. He's about to draw. And then the fight immediately dekes away from him. And they're like, haha, we've redirected you again. You know, you thought we were going to have the fight go to the best man, but then it didn't. And then right out the door or right out a window they go. And then we can transition. Grandpa, you said that this would be a romance. They're leaving the wedding. That's where all the kissing is. And then we have a grandpa scene. And now we can progress into the mall, which I think is my favorite part, because this is where all the non-sword weapons are. Yeah, the uh, we had a we had a joke earlier about how as soon as they enter the mall with their weapons, they get confiscated. Yeah, that was very funny. Oh, sorry, yawn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that long. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> this sitting down stuff really takes a lot out of you. <laughs> oh, it's exhausting. It is being comfy. Um, I really, I really enjoy. It. I think the 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 security confiscating the swords is one of my favorite parts. Yeah, we can do the record skip and everything. The skip, the <clears throat> and then a tap on the shoulder, and then they both lose their swords, and they have to improvise from here on out. Oh, so can I guess? Can we have them rather than rejoining them in the mall? Can we have we rejoin them in the, the parkade or something like that, so that we can at least come inside and have that moment of. There's swords being withdrawn the moment the door opens or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, yeah, the parkade just outside of the mall. They're they're about to enter the mall. The the chapel is in the distance, maybe even just like visibly. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they they haven't gone too far. We haven't missed anything important, uh, but they are they are actively still sword fighting. Ching 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 ching. Steel on steel. Barks maybe some of them. The clash of the blade. And they, uh, the doors are automatic, automatic doors at the mall. So they don't have to crash anything this time. They just kind of step in. Yeah. But uh, depending on what time period in America this is, maybe there are metal detectors at the door. <laughs> there could be. Need to check you boys for guns. Oh, you don't have any? Okay, come on in. They don't confiscate the swords right away. That would be kind of funny. Secure if it's a something to am. I'm not sure how to play that. 
I think it's I think it's funnier if you're not thinking about security and then security is all of a sudden there. Yeah, like they get in, they set off the metal detectors. They're like, ah, you need to hold out your arms and let us pat you down and scan you. They hold out their arms, but like they've got their swords held in their outstretched oh, hands. That's, uh, that and is so they pat funny. down and then don't scan the swords. They scan their pockets and their trunk and stuff. Yeah, I like that. But they 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 get they get waved away proper TSA style with their swords still in their hands. So they get to fight into the mall a little ways before they get caught by the cousins of our Fargo cops, the mall cops, Ken and Ted with slightly different mustaches. Yeah, this is uh, where hmm. maybe they have sideburns. Maybe that's the difference. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just some good, good sideburns. Oh, and they also talk like the priest. Because <laughs> I think is that, there a that way, priest... is there a way to combine the priest with our our Minnesota thing? Oh boy, that'll be that'll be that'd some be practice hard. in the mirror. But I think that priest had mad sideburns. Princess Brian Priest, <laughs> the impressive clergyman he's called. Oh wow, those are impressive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mowage. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know if it's possible to combine that with the Minnesota, but we'll do our best. That's that's really a patting your head and rubbing your tummy. I think it's doable, but that, that takes some thought. Yeah, uh, recording <laughs> that would be that would be the only thing <laughs> we record show. that night. <laughs> yeah, because that would that would be it. Okay, so they managed you to fight their way in a little ways. <laughs> Don't you know? But Don't they, I know? Maybe they just need the lingo. Yeah, I guess so. They need they need more they need more L's in their stuff. More L's, R's, and hard W's. Yeah, I guess we would have to come up with that specific speech pattern. Okay, what were you saying? They they come in. Yes, the, they they the manage cops. to fight their way in a little wise. They get past the initial security because they don't check their hands. But they do get stopped by our mall cops with their wicked sideburns and their weird accents. So they oh, get their swords if we're, confiscated. If, if we're gonna do instead of doing um, Fargo cops or anything like that, should we have them be the? The ranger, like the six handed man from um, six fingered, like, six fingered man. From I think it would be awesome card. if he had six hands, six hands. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're not doing exactly. A rip off, and they're all on one wrist, too. <laughs> so it's, it's a, he has a Sputnik <laughs> hand, yeah, it's like a fan, it's like a fan. <laughs> He's got six hands, and they're all just like arranged in a circle on his wrist. That would be funny if I don't know. I'm trying to think of multiple ways to reveal that because there's the there's the classic nobody notices at first and they notice it and everybody like re, like re, is re, revulsed, <laughs> Ugh. repulsed, re, revol, re, yeah, yeah, you're revolted, right, revolted, revolted, reviled, revolted. yeah, <laughs> rev, revulsed, revulsed, new word, yep, minted NFT. It's yeah, it's it's so bad that we had to invent a new word for it. <laughs> That's how weirded out everybody is by this everybody horrifying is. handed bastard. I mean, I, I did also have the thought that whatever it's both that there's two different hands grab their swords as they're like raised in the air. Hey, hey, hey. And it's revealed that it's the <laughs> one guy. Always 
it's just two of his six hands on one arm. <laughs> on one so arm. Like, <laughs> they leap back in horror. Yeah. You try to argue with him, he threatens you with two of his six hands. <laughs> yeah, okay. The six handed man. This is now canon. <laughs> okay. Is would it would it be funny if the six fingered man is also with him, but he like has like a he he's got like a Napoleonic complex because nobody pays him any attention because his weird thing isn't as impressive as everybody get, notices the six-handed man. At first, it was comforting. He was he was no longer being treated as the weird one. Yeah, but now nobody cares. <laughs> now he's now he's invisible. <laughs> nobody cares about the six-fingered man. Nobody cares about the six-fingered man. Everybody's after the six-hand man. I can't get a date anymore in the same town as this guy. All the women like the six-handed man. Because of how he bops it. Oh, he bops it, pulls it, twists it, flicks it all at the same time. <laughs> That's fucked. That's awesome. He's he's one of those fuck machines. <laughs> he's the bop at world champion. <laughs> he's like those guys that solve a Rubik's Cube in a second. He just, in one move, bops it, twists it, pulls it, flicks it all at the same time. And he's... <laughs> J- drops it like a mic drop. Everybody's jaws are on the floor. <laughs> the Buffet World Champion. Is this, is this a cutaway? In my, I used to be great. <laughs> I think that could be a world. I think that could be a cutaway. That's a. That's one of our. Oh yeah, you remember when? <laughs> yeah, because he can do he can do Bop at Extreme because he's he's got all five or six or whatever. Oh yeah, Ooh. there was a bop at extreme. It had like a it had like that triangular handlebar. Yeah. I remember now. I think I got hit over the head with one. <laughs> I think my brother got hit over the head with one a couple times. Yeah, that that happened. I, the memory <sighs> of it's a little foggy for some reason. I have no idea why. It's accompanied by funny noises. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, you get smacked and it's like bop it. <laughs> whatever whatever, no 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 no. it gets passed to the next guy whatever the twisted noise was it was just like a crank yeah don't forget to twist it okay so the six the we've got the six-fingered man and the six-handed man the six-fingered man is kind of bitter about it but they're (laughs) only going to be around long enough to confiscate the swords and then i guess we're going to tuck them away for later because they're too good not to bring back yeah, they might have to be. Maybe we see them getting called in to respond to different calamities caused by these two uh, later. <laughs> they get called in to respond to a shooter situation. Oh, that's funny. They can then they can bump into the Fargo cops. We're not cops. <clears throat> okay, so they they take the swords. Uh, extra funny, the six-handed man takes both of them. Now our guys have no swords. What's the first thing they pick up to keep fighting with? Okay, so did we say last time that they started like a, a hot topic? Did we do that? They've they've fought each other with uh, uh, those those long sort of knives you see at a donair place. They, oh, yeah. One of them one of them fought with just like a really long fork. They've fought with stanchions. There was at least one mention of them fighting with a parking cone because that that's how you install VLC media player. <laughs> yeah, that is. <clears throat> Uh, I believe that they actually fought with novelty dildos at as well at one point. Should they fight with fencing at some point? Just like two little white picket fence sections? Yeah. Now we're really fencing. 
Now this is fencing. They're all excited. <laughs> Actually, I think that's an opportunity for a cutaway. Grandpa, that's silly. Hey, that's fencing. <laughs> I like that. I love that always. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I like it. If he gets up and he grabs the kid by like the collarbone, smacks him around. <laughs> hey, 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 that's fencing, you little prick. Abusive grandpa. <laughs> Why do I think that's funny? That's not good. He just gives the kid another Caesar Milan little hissing (laughs) pinch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's fencing. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, hey. He holds his hand and and one finger out. The kid does absolutely nothing, but Grandpa escalates anyways. Hey. (laughs) Gets him. Because the kid was thinking about it, I guess. It's a sin to think about. It's a sin to want to feel up, Ellen. It's a sin to plan to feel up, Ellen. It's a sin to make your way to feel up, Ellen. It's a sin to feel up, Ellen. And it's a sin to think. I can't even remember the rest. Everything is a sin. Yeah. Leave Ellen alone. Leave Ellen alone. Oh, did you hear uh, Britney Spears is making her music come back? I don't know why you would be interested in that news. I heard that she was finally shaking her father off of her. She did that, and then she immediately got married, and then now she's coming, music career come back. She's been making bank for uh, people who aren't her for long enough. Yeah, go nuts, ball queen. <laughs> don't don't go nuts. That's that's how the you already have gone nuts. Yeah, that's just have a good time and entertain some people and make <laughs> some money while you're doing it. Episode sixty six of Snidefall. Have a good time, Britney Spears. <laughs> have a good time Brittany this one's on us (laughs) team Brittany yeah Yeah. okay things things to fight with yeah things to fight with props yeah we just kind of oh yeah I Stop. Oh, one of them takes an injury and needs to stop and eat a chocolate covered pretzel to get hit points back. A power up. Yeah. Uh, The only problem is, is it's like a temporary power up that results in like a debuff later because it's that it's that chocolate covered pretzel. Oh, no. It was sabotage. Hey, I forgot all about the whole dating game thing. Yeah, he poisoned that guy with a chocolate covered pretzel. Yeah. He, he, ass hand. <laughs> and it, just like an impressive display of ass hand. And then he mushed that chocolate. Oh, man. <laughs> that is definitely one way to force a transition cutaway as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Somebody gives this guy a sabotage chocolate covered pretzel and he eats it. And he's, Grandpa, that's gross. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of gross. I thought you liked this stuff. I thought you. <laughs> I thought you liked chocolate-covered pretzels. <laughs> That's how I make them for you. <laughs> Just mega-abusive grandpa. <clears throat> Take no prisoners, grandpa. Grandpa, that's gross. What, you never complain when I give them to you? Yeah. <laughs> I wear my own ass like a glove and then make you supper. Grandpa. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it actually, somebody, it cut... The kid like leans into the ground like you got to bring it down a level, man. Yeah, that's 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 a little too high. That's <laughs> severe. It's it's just too much. 
Oh, and I'm sorry. I, but but right after they cut that and the kid says that it's too much, that's an opportunity for another record skip as Jay pulls us out of that and says that's too much to us. Ooh. So it's two levels of too much. And then we're back in the studio and we can we can do whatever we want for a minute. That's interesting. Oh, should we do do you want to do a Mackie minute? Sure. Do you want to play around with the Mr. Freeze idea? I don't actually know what to do with it. We didn't talk about it too much. Oh, most of it has slipped my uh, my memory. Remind me. Well, they do a punny guy. Yeah. You you know, I'm a punny guy. (laughs) (laughs) If if a year of recording these things hasn't proven that. Um, You love them. There, so Mackie has a ice, like it's ice Mackie flavor, and the the visual representation is just like the the ice cream cone made of ice. So I thought that's rife for having that character be Mister Freeze and just it say is. a bunch of a bunch of puns in an Austrian accent. It is definitely ready made for that. Okay, but, okay. Um, but I guess in, instead of to lean into the humor instead of doing ice puns because they were all done in that movie already we do a bunch of weed or ice cream puns oh i would like to do ice cream puns oh actually it would be funny that's actually way i thought of it almost this might be all going to be doing weed puns anyway so something right a little more unique and the ice cream puns would be fun so the ice cream puns this is my sense of humor i don't know if this is as funny as i think it is but it's all just the ice jokes from batman and robin or batman whatever that but he says ice cream but he says ice cream yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that's funny and everybody is not entertained (laughs) everybody chill cream (laughs) (laughs) Uh, even when it doesn't work he just like forces it in there it's an ice cream marriage every (laughs) he's like everybody chill and they're like don't do it he's like cream (laughs) what killed the dinosaurs (laughs) ice cream (laughs) age he's got he's holding somebody at gunpoint and forcing them to say it and everybody doing the oh no (laughs) the ice cream age can we just go home now please (laughs) no Get to the chopper. Hey. <laughs> that's the wrong script. Oh. That's funny. This it's okay, also an opportunity for us to do all of our best Arnie impressions. <clears throat> and by our best, I I mean our absolute worst. Uh, I mean definitely better than we just did. I know that I can do it. <laughs> My my uh, my Arnold Schwarzenegger is Bill Burr's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I think that's I think mine is a bad impression of Bill Burr's bad impression. Oh, uh, get out of there. <laughs> get down. <laughs> get down. It's not a tumor. <laughs> that's me fucking the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's what uh, grandson's going to be doing as soon as grandpa's out of the room. <laughs> Which is probably how we'll catch him next time we transition back. Grandpa's going to be like, whoa, tell me before you do this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey there. Lock the door. <laughs> and he's like, grandpa, you should have knocked. 
we don't have to actually show anything. It can just be like black screen and then you just hear a door swing open real quick. Ah, Grandpa, you should have knocked. Grandpa knocking with his six hands. Grandpa's the six handed man now? No. That would be one hell of a knock, though. I think later, if he ever has to do door duty, he just like blasts the door off its hinges with his the power of his six knocks. I'm sorry. I have six knock insurance. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll pay for that. Six knock insurance. Well, this know, guy's got to have knock insurance. This guy's got to have one thunderous knock. I mean, he's the bop at world champion. Say so, hey, that's one hell of a knock, brother. Knock it. <laughs> OK, OK. We so back so from grandpa. I was just going to ask, is our uh, well, we were in the our, studio. Our ice cream Mackie minute is is that something that Tucker and Todd maybe see on TV? We do they see... do they leave their notes behind the story that they're writing after Jay tells them that's gone too far? And they're like, fine, whatever. Let's take a break. No, anyway. So they go we're... watch TV. And then there's the Mackie minute. No, we're either back in the movie theater or in our screening room. And we're watching this Mackie. What, what is that movie called? Batman and Robin Batman Forever. Oh, Batman Forever. OK, the it's projector Mackie room forever. We're on projector number three now, too. Yeah. This one is probably inside of an iron cage. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. So, uh, it's, Todd, like, it's in a Pope mobile. <laughs> yeah. Todd is not fucking around anymore. This one is safe. It's state of the art and it's inside of a roll cage and whatever. It's like shockproof. It's got like bulletproof glass. And we're watching <laughs> Maki forever. Is it? No, it's not Batman forever. What is that one? Batman and Robin. Oh, it is Batman and Robin, isn't it? I think Batman Forever. Yeah, that's that's got. <laughs> oh man, it's got the Riddler in it. Ah, yeah. Jim Carrey's best performance ever. <laughs> no, no, the, the one Grinch. we're looking for is Batman and Robin. That is George Clooney with the the suit nipples. Yeah. Also, best and performance Alicia I've ever seen on, with the ass. on. Oh yeah. Hang on, we're going down the the Google tube. Oh my god, she's got she also has suit nipples. What? Yeah, why did anybody decide that was I sure hope so. But this is a picture from IMDB. Something tells me it's not a fan edit. Oh. It no, it's just she listened when uh, Mr. Freeze said to chill. (laughs) It's cold in there. Oh, that's crazy. Can't believe they thought that was a good idea. I mean the the like the the sort of silvery armor accents I thought that was cool, but the bat nipples was too far. They're they're puffier than the Batman ones though. <laughs> yes, they are, because they're real. Nothing fake here, boys. Okay, yeah. uh, so we're in we're wa- we're just watching that movie. I think. Do we oh, need I to suppose, do anything I suppose that means Batman's nipples are enhanced. Right. What a weird thing. In ours, so they yeah, just have yes. cutouts. Yes, they're watching. They're watching. Uh, I guess. I guess we'll just have to find a new name for it. It certainly isn't Batman and Robin. It'll just be uh, like a Mackie show for sure. And in comes ice cream. This this ice guy, Mr. Freeze. Uh, Mac-Man and Raw Robin with R-A-W. Ah, Mac-Man and Robin. Yeah. I like that. Then we've got we've got like they're in in hero costumes. I will actually with, with really prominent nipples. One of their distributors, I think their DC distributor, has a, an account called something Robo Robo Bobo or something like that. And so it might be interesting if he would be curious or uh, interested in affiliating 
the Robin character with Robbo. And we just call it Robbo, Mac-Man and Robbo. Mac-Man and Robbo. Cruising around in their lowrider. <laughs> and they're in, yeah. The it's, Mac but Mobile. It's, it's still got the Batman fins on it for some reason. Or maybe yeah. some, hmm, something appropriate to their, their particular aesthetic that just takes the place of those fins. And their, their suits of armor have prominent nipples because it, the internet has not <laughs> finished with those yet. Well, we all know, yeah. Like, we've been doing it for 20 years, and we're not quite finished making fun of those nipples. Actually, maybe that's the central conflict, is is the is the ice the ice guy, the whatever, Mr. Freeze, chill, whatever, <laughs> is causing... He's, yeah, he's got to... Yeah, and they're trying to make him stop. <laughs> they got to get thicker armor so the nipple, nipples are a little less prominent. You, you, we have to bring this to an end, Iceman. This has to stop now. This ends here. <laughs> the line must be drawn here. And then, then you get some some ice cream puns. Everybody rolling their eyes. And and uh, how how long do Tucker and Todd watch it before they're like, you know what? This is stupid. We should. Uh, or no, maybe they just get hungry. I was thinking that it, it cuts to them and they're like, the who wrote this? This is genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That makes that does make me think back to how they would they would super they would be super engaged by like shitty uh, bad take pundits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're also taken with shitty bad take puns. Yeah, they they would be watching this and be like, "This is genius." <laughs> they're they are they're watching with the popcorn. They're just oh. like, oh my. "We should write a movie." We know those Mackie guys. They're just watching in suspense. <laughs> Oh, I do like that if it cuts to straight woman <laughs> and she's just like bemused, if that's the proper use of that word. she's She is she doesn't care for it. She hates it. But we're just on the edge of our seat, yeah. Bemused would be confused. Oh, is it? But yeah, we, we would be on the edge of our seats just so into it. And, and it becomes clear that the reason we're so into it is because we're high. Oh, yeah, of course. We've been into the... We've been into the sponsor supply. Oh, it, it turns and we're, we've got like the, the, the ice from the blue ice around our lips or whatever. Oh, yeah. And we start making puns. That's when Straight Woman leaves and it fades to black. We Now we have it. <laughs> 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 and then we, Yeah, we start making puns at each other. And yeah, she, she leaves, the door slams shut, and it goes dark. I like that. And that's, that's the opportunity for, uh, for the sound of oh, a flushing... I the sound of a flushing toilet and then it winks back on and there there we are in back in gram, grandpa and grandson's place Ooh, nice and yeah toilet flushes grandpa returns he's like oh sorry i didn't know you were there and then we can resume with our duel where did we where did we leave it off mm, i was gonna say is is the kid watching a commercial for one more time is is the is 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 the the Mackie commercial that we just described, which is us watching the movie in our screening room, does it cut away to the kid in his room watching that on his little like nine inch TV or whatever? Um, and he makes a comment about how meta the commercials are getting. I don't know. Oh, he's watching the commercial too. Yeah, that's the. I think he's, watching... he's going to be a little too stimulated by all the nipples. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> hey, what did I say about watching that stuff? Yeah, this kid is all hormones. He's out of control, but that's a perfect opportunity for Grandpa to interrupt him. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, actually, that's that's actually an even better transition than than uh, Jay leaving us. Is we actually just focus entirely on the the screen. Yeah. I love doing the screen to screen transition. Tucker and Todd are like, oh, what's her problem? Oh, I don't know. She just must. She just doesn't get it. And then we we zoom in onto the screen, and then a moment later we zoom back out, and now it's little grandson watching it instead and he looks engaged in an entirely different way (laughs) yeah he's engaged in a totally different way by the way he's 18 (laughs) he is now (laughs) yeah this whole time (laughs) (laughs) we have an 18 year old actor playing him for this scene (laughs) we're like made up to look like a little kid he's got like the little overalls on it yeah he's an eight he's It's a, it's like a 32 year old man and he's in a onesie with like the buttons, the ass flap. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's, it's been him the whole time. I swear. My well, little actually, Timmy, that, you've that's, grown. That's actually really funny. If it's just a cutaway just for this scene, this is his stunt double for the nipple scene. A <laughs> 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 very obvious. Like, <laughs> this is not a. It double. says on the screen, "This is not a child." His <laughs> <laughs> <It's> nipple double. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's that's gonna cause like red lights and sirens to go off all over again. We already told you you went oh too far God. last time. Oh, it tickled me. Okay, so we've got a we've got a we got stunt nipples here. Yeah. Whew. Grandpa's back. He's mortified. Who are you? He's like... <laughs> <laughs> A PA has to run it. They cut again. Cut. (laughs) (laughs) That's the nipple double, sir. (laughs) Nipple double? He puts his glasses on. What is is this production he's coming for? (laughs) I didn't sign up for his hanky panky fucking hippy dippy shit. Oh, okay. That hurt more than the time I was listening to you and Jay recording Minnesota. God. Oh, I've got tears streaming from my face. <laughs> I've got tears streaming from my pores because my eyes are too full. Ooh, boy. <laughs> he's he's mortified. What kind of fucking production are you running here? Did you hear the beep? It cuts to what however many minutes later. He seems slightly drugged. <laughs> he's back to reading the start. He's his... got he's 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 got the blue ice around his lips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's like nice. It's just everybody's got it. Somewhere in the corner, the nipple double has it too, and he's like eating bugles. Uh, he's just snacks. Uh, that's so funny because I do not, I do not actually know. 
I do not actually know if we're legally allowed, even though it is a cartoon, to show to represent a character smoking the product. So it's very funny to have the blue the blue lip thing. Oh yeah, just because normally they do it with like bloodshot red eyes and stuff. Yeah, I think this is funnier. That's so funny. They all look like they've been huffing out of like a spray paint can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they look like they were uh, sucking on a vampire. Or, uh, no, I got that wrong. A unicorn's blood in the Forbidden Forest. Ah, uh, you went somewhere different than where I thought you were going. I didn't realize it would be blood that they'd be sucking on. Sucking too hard on that lollipop. All right, where the hell were we? Uh, grandpa is getting back to the story. Yeah, grandpa, grandpa's, grandpa's properly medicated. Uh, so is Junior. So is everybody on the set. <laughs> <laughs> the handlers that's so funny it can it can zoom out and there's tucker and todd writing it again and they've got it around their lips still like just everybody involved oh yeah and then we can zoom in zoom way in on the blue lips and then zoom back out and we're in the mall there's somebody with the blue lips there in the mall and the sword oh, fight proceeds rats. yeah and this yes yes it's ethan yeah <clears throat> and then the sword Staring fight the proceeds past them. Uh did we have a I, I feel like I've made I've made a staring at the boat in the mall joke so many times. I feel like I've referenced it at least four times in the past year. Do you happen to know, having listened back to this, if I had a good pun about the boat uh in this one, or was that a different one? I think that was a different one. Yeah, it was a boat staring at it and actually seen it. I think it was something abstract. We'll we'll figure it out later. Um Hey, we come back and they're still so they're fighting with something new. Now, where are they are? Where are they? Oh, I think they need to go past like uh, a bakery kiosk. They're fighting with baguettes. That's gross. That's fun. Yeah, that's one thing that I think they should have done that they never got. I never thought to mention it last time. Baguettes. Oh, I, and they go. I've always wanted to say this. On guard. And the other guys. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, we do the full French thing. Why not? Why not piss off everyone? Everybody's distracted. No, there's nobody's left to be pissed off. So, so they they fight until they do, they wear their baguettes down to little nubs, and then they need to to uh, they they fight their oh, way into the food court. They dip they dip the last nubs in gravy and eat that, and then I suppose that's when they get the the one guy gets a big knife from the the donor place. The other guy gets a a really long fondue fork. They start fighting with those. Stepping over the tables as people are eating in the food court. Oh yeah, action shots. Everybody, some people get their food just like stepped directly on. Everybody gets their their Pepsi kicked over, and we can Maybe we can like... um that shot of the pew being kicked over with all the people on it. We're gonna do that again with a bench. It's we're the gonna... same family. <laughs> they yeah. left. They they were so traumatized by the the wedding. They went next door to get a meal. Yep, and now it's just fate is cruel to this family, but it's happening again. I was trying to figure out some way to do some sort of big, like, chandelier swing sort of thing. Elaborate. Oh, um, maybe not a chandelier, but I have been to several malls that had large, basically, floats suspended on wires from the ceiling. Floats. Oh, like at, uh, like at Chinook? Yes, exactly. Something and that like could definitely that. do it. Because you could be going from one of those to the next and, like, one is held up by, say, four wires or three wires. One of the wires snaps, and then suddenly the entire thing is kind of tilted one way, and everybody's oh, right. getting and their I balance was... tested. It's going to be a lot of, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Vaporwave mall, retro mall aesthetic. So 
we'll have like the planters with the little um wish pool kind of uh, architecture yeah that's fun but yeah there's there's balls can have all kinds of just like art pieces for them to the climb over yeah 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 uh some malls i've been in had like little rides like little trains for kids to sit in True. you could definitely have like these guys fighting oh yeah see i think it would be great you can do uh an immediate cutaway to what appears to be an oncoming train a freight train well on its way towards these guys and then you see that actually the cars are about the size of these guys feet and they're they step right onto the train and start fighting there oh that's fun so you get like a, a perspective shift at first, it looks like they're about to just be hit by a train. And no, no, actually, they're standing on it. They're, I think the best train. version of that, the best version of that is in the Lego movie. Did they do that in the Lego movie? Yeah, where the train, they showed, they showed the, like, the, the, the character's perspective of, like, their characters on a train. And it's this big epic moment. And something is about, like, the train is about to, like, it explodes or it runs off the track which seems like very epic, but then it cuts to like the real world perspective, which is this pathetic little movement of a toy train falling over. <laughs> yeah. Same energy. Yeah. And so they do, 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 but on shitty recorder pirates music as they, they do. Oh, of course. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. And, and where does the train maybe take them? Oh, yeah, the train would have to take them somewhere. Yeah, I think now, I think if it's going to be a moving set piece, it should work to move them along somewhere. Now we could do the thing where they like maybe go through. Oh, because there I think I asked the question last time. Silent Bob dressed as Batman crashes through a dressing room, I think. Yeah, he was blunt man. Yeah, we could have he got these his guys head in that. the dressing room. Yes, yes, we did talk about that. And these guys are old timey gentlemen, so they would stop the fight in order to like cover their eyes and like back out of there. They would leave and apologize profusely. Oh, that's funny. They start coming through and they notice that there's a woman changing, so they cover their eyes, but they keep fighting and slashing and they kill all these ladies. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's taken in a very different way. <laughs> slash 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 sprays of blood. Oh, yep. And then they, they uncover their like, eyes. they're like, excuse me, pardon me, ladies. Not yeah, pardon me, ladies. <laughs> snick, snick, snick. Suddenly they're all dead. They open their eyes. By Jove. <laughs> look what you've done. Me? Look what you've done. You'll you'll pay for this, my friend. I was, for, I was thinking of a cheesy 90s sitcom. They, like, look to camera. Seems like a classic disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> when um, they when they do that you want them to do a freeze frame and then credits start and they're like wait wait we're not done yeah exactly hey we didn't finish our fight yeah this isn't over this isn't over not so fast <clears throat> now did you want to do one more cutaway because that would be our opportunity for a cutaway um oh that would be kind of funny if we went back to the tv if we did do the 90s sitcom freeze frame credits and it's the kid is in his t bedroom watching that on the TV. And he goes, wait, I thought you were telling me that story, Grandpa. Or something like that. Or Grandpa's like, wait, I thought I was telling that story. Oh, I like that confusion. But he's also high, so she's going to be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, wait a second. <clears throat> I always go back to George Car. What is his, uh, the, the car's van. can't remember what it was called. Vincent or whatever. I... <clears throat> The one that I like the most is when somebody is so high that they talk to the TV and the TV talks back. 
He's yeah, like, whoa, he's... I must be real high. I thought I was telling <laughs> that story. <laughs> and then the guy, some guy on the TV is like, you are and you were. Oh, is that in ours now? Does somebody say that in ours? You are and you are. It's grandpa in the story. The TV is talking to grandpa. The the actual TV itself? Yeah, because the, the kid thinks that grandpa was telling the story, but there's there it is on the TV, right? Yeah. And then grandpa's confused by that. He finds this disturbing. He's like, I thought I was telling this story. You were, Grandpa, said the TV. And it's the TV from that concerned children's <clears throat> ad that's telling you to go outside more often? I think his grandson should now be in the TV. Oh, the grandson in the TV? You trapped me inside the TV, Grandpa! Well, he's no, like, the, like, it, I, thought, I thought you were telling this story, Grandpa. And he's like, Shh. I thought I was. I must be high. And then the kid's voice comes out of the TV and he's like, you are high grandpa. And he looks up and there's the kid just like in the TV and he looks back down to where the kid was and he's not there anymore. Ah, is it, what he, is there? Just nothing. It's just, I don't know, maybe a bag of bugles. That's scary. Snacks. But yeah, he's just like, wow, I'm so high that I'm now hallucinating the kid in the TV. <laughs> he looks back to where the kid was and it's the, the ice character. You'll never get him back. I can't do the accent right now. He looks back to where the kid was, and it's the TV. Sup. <laughs> and seated on the stand where the TV was, the kid. He just keeps looking around, and everything's in a slightly different position than it was last time. I like that. It's sort of like, uh, what's it? Don't hug me, I'm scared. Yeah. Everything is moving when he's not looking at it. It's fucked. And then, like, the, I don't know, the nipple model is still there. The nipple double. He never moves. He's He's the only guy who's not high. How do we transition from this moment <clears throat> to some how does back it, into the story? How does the re- how does the story end, Grandpa? He snaps out of it, and then the kid is back. Everything is back where it's supposed to be. What? How does it end, Grandpa? Oh, uh, oh, he gets woke. At, the kid is there jabbing his hand into his neck. Yeah, he's Grandpa. Grandpa, Grandpa was dreaming. Grandpa fell asleep, <clears throat> as Grandpas do. Grandpa. Can we get to the kissing already? Yeah, the kissing. Right, back to the wedding. All right. And that thus begins the the final stage where we start fighting our way back to the wedding. Hmm. Do we go? Do we fight back to the wedding or do we go back to the wedding and then just have them show up there? I think that would be I think that would be best, actually. Especially. Yeah, back to the wedding. Right, right. Back to the wedding. And then it resumes back at the wedding. Everybody there, they've. You can see that they've like patched up like holes in the walls and they've they've righted that pew that was kicked over and they've got like a big clear garbage bag over the broken up door and windows and stuff. They've done whatever repairs they can to make the place habitable for the ceremony to continue. And they're they're getting right back into two they've had to start over because reasons. And just as we get to the objection opportunity, these guys break in again. Or do you want to time it differently this time? No, I, I'm. I was just thinking of how they enter. Whether they come in slow motion through one of the stained glass windows. I I'm not sure how to return them. I mean, there's always the op- option of having them crash through the ceiling. I do like that. There's always the opportunity to have them bash in a different door, or yes, come in through a stained glass window. Something 600 years old and priceless. And do they spend much time fighting now that they've returned? Or do, are we proceeding directly to they come crashing through? And whatever they do to, to come crashing through is what causes the death of the best man. Oh, you mean we spent that first scene kind of showing that the best man is is 
has a sword and is ready to duel and everything, but then he never fights at all. He just gets fucking killed. That's mm. funny. Well, because you want to do your three-way standoff. Oh, yeah, I do kind of want to do the three-way fight, which, oh, but I also want the best man to die from a Rube, Rube Goldberg machine sort of happenstance. Do we find, do we insert, uh, do, do we have a challenger in the mall? A third challenger in the mall? I think the best man is still the best option for that. Yeah. Just because we've already given him a sword and stuff. True, right, right, right. And since these guys are barging into the wedding a second time, he's he's had enough. He's going to he's going to yeah. draw his blade. Yeah, that, and so he can, he, yeah, they come in and knock over something that we in that tidying up sequence saw them like erecting, re-erecting a statue or a podium or whatever, um, or maybe something more specifically wedding related. The altar. <laughs> yeah, something the entire and pipe then... organ. <laughs> And then they come and knock it over again, whatever it is. It's offensive, and that's when the guy's like, all right, that is enough. That's enough. I've had enough of you ruffians. And they take offense specifically to the word ruffians. Yeah, ruffians. And he draws his sword. <laughs> I said it, and I meant it. And then the fight's on. We've got the three-way fight, and then the, the Pirates of the Caribbean music on a recorder once again starts playing. <laughs> And it be, but it also it's ah damn it it's cutting back and forth between that and oh what's it called showdown of the fates is that what it's called oh duel of the fates duel of the fates yeah still on oh that's I think didn't we already do this that's on recorder we've done this yeah we've done that joke but it's a great joke do it does that mean it's the best man against both duelists or is it one versus one versus one where all three of them are against each other. Maybe there are a couple of opportunities for like different matchups of two versus one, where it's the best man versus duelist one, and then the best man versus duelist two. Oh yeah, and like they they because any any opportunity to take an advantage against the other duelist is one that they will seize on. I I do like that. Yeah, whenever it's convenient, they team up against the other. Yeah, whenever one is backed into a corner. Yeah, then they both go predator on them. Yeah, so there's no no uh, no team. But the flow of the fight will occasionally be two versus one instead of free for all. And eventually one of them is going to have to beat the best man. But I was thinking indirectly. So some kind of Rube Goldberg machine, something the thing that they knocked over before possibly gets erected again and then knocked over again and kills the best man or something of that sort. It's indirect, but not so indirect that it's not clearly one of the duelists fault because he still needs to have bested the best man. I mean, it would be kind of funny if the thing is erected again and then that guy is like impaled on that thing and he wouldn't have been if they had just left it. Oh, complex. Brutal. Why'd you have to put it back up? The fight's not over. (laughs) Everybody's horrified. Look, everybody, can you please just leave everything alone until the fight is over? Thank you. There's blood everywhere. Everyone is horrified. Blood shoots out of the script into Tucker's face again. Ooh, is that how we get right out of it? Uh, we can't, we can't get a... right out of it because the best man needs to become or the duelist right. who beat the best man needs to become the best man. And then the wedding needs to actually proceed successfully. OK, so we've got enough time so we can just do a cutaway of the blood squirting Tucker in the eye and then get back into it. Yeah, just like. a Yeah, yeah. And then and then there's the best man bloodily impaled on a statue and the duelists are like, please, everyone, could you just leave everything until the fight's over? Thank you. But that's and when then, the groom shouts, you by Jove, you've bested my best man. 
and then the best man starts to kind of dematerialize just like golden glitter dust oh or is it hmm see the first time that i the said the line it was declared like that but do we put a little bit more gravitas on it this time the guys everybody they're telling indignantly everybody please just wait until this is over and that's when the best man starts like dematerializing or whatever there's like a glowing effect and fog and wind and all of it and the the two fencers are like what's going on what's happening and as he disappears somebody comes over and says very seriously you bested the best man oh and that's that's the time for the concerned whispers all throughout the wedding that was the best man just yeah <laughs> everybody knows what's going on except for the duelist <laughs> like yeah I, that doesn't help that i'm still nowhere and now we get sideburns you know priest sideburns to tell us about the the situation because he needs more talking parts the wit woe of the best man there must always be a best man now for it will eons be you and for generations now it shall be you and so they start the 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 suit the best man suit starts like is it both of them no just just one of them goes best man the one that did it ah okay yeah one of them one of them will be kind of directly uh causally responsible for the impalement and right. he's his clothes are going to start changing into the best man clothes and then and he's going to start taking on best man features. Did we come up with the whole concept of like a like a pantheon of mythical figures that he would go join or anything like that? Did we get that deep into it? No, but I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> the best man. I think we talked about that it was sort of like the avatar or whatever that he was imbued with all of the knowledge of the previous best man. Yeah, he's uh, it's oh, it's so weird. But I think in the Santa Claus three. Maybe it's the Santa Claus too, but I think it might be. The, I can't remember one of one of the dumb sequels. Um, it's introduced that the Santa Claus is the member, a member of like a group of all the the the, the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny and Father Time and all them. They all get yeah, together. an entire an entire pantheon of these <laughs> yeah. mythological figures that are only important to children. Yeah, so I think it would be kind of funny if the best man was also part of like a bizarre. I mean, now we would have to come up with what that pantheon is, but like, sort of like lame, lame superheroes. Well, yeah, because every single one of them is the number two, right? Yeah, because the groom is the number one at the wedding. Right, right, right. So, right, right. so it's the sidekick. Oh, pantheon. they're like a, the sidekick. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> the, the wingman is there. Yeah, the wingman. Yeah. Everybody loves the wingman, though. He's everybody's favorite guy there. The paralegal. Uh, yeah. The sous see, chef. <laughs> see, see, now it's coming. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> the second bananas throughout history. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Robin is there. <laughs> yeah, of course he is. <laughs> or maybe, no, Batman is there. Turns out he was the sidekick all along. Oh, that's funny. He's all, he, he's pissed off about that. I was supposed to be the main character. Nope. Robin oh, that's was the fun. main character. That's a, a premise. Uh, Bruce Wayne locked up in Arkham. He's got. Oh, I just forgot it. What's it called? What's it called? Syndrome. Oh, we were just. Oh, Neil. <laughs> oh, main character. That's what literally what it was. Main character syndrome. A man named Bruce Wayne who's locked up in Arkham Asylum thinks that he he has main character syndrome. He thinks that he's the Batman. I don't know. I got lost. I lost it. He thinks he's the Batman, but I I I do like the idea that. Some of these 
some of these people in this uh, number two pantheon, second best pantheon, are actually characters that believe that they were the first best. Yeah. Superman's in here. Turns out Joker was the main character. Oh, wait. Who's Superman's Joker? <laughs> who's Superman's Joker? Oh, yeah. That's Batman's problem. So is Joker. Oh, Lex Luthor. Yeah, I was going to say. Lex Luthor is the main character. Turns out that. It, or is it Zod? Was about him. I think he only showed up once. Lex but Luthor was, it... was his, his enemy. Many yeah, times. I guess it was his. He was his enemy. And then Zod was like his parents' enemy. Yeah, kind of. Zod was more like an enemy of humanity and then yeah. and just like personally chose to champion them. Right. Not Whereas that it's important Lex, to our, Lex our story. Had, yeah, Lex Luthor had a very personal thing against Superman. I I think it'd be funny if Lex Luthor met God. That'd be cool. Yeah, well, now he's got to kill God. Oh, well, we wanted to kill God, so maybe he's the guy to do it. Yeah, he is. So okay. anyways, our, our, boys, note for later. our boy is mutating into the best man. All of the memories of all the previous best men are flooding into him. His, his fancy eyes are glowing. New, yeah, his eyes are glowing. His fancy new sword has just materialized, but he doesn't draw it. And instead, he steps up to the position and helps up the priest or lifts up the podium or does whatever needs to be done to get the wedding to proceed. And then we get like a little montage of the wedding coming together. The one, the duelist that's still surviving takes a seat in one of the pews and he's dabbing his eyes with a tissue. Very, very touching this wedding. It's the, it's all about the best man speech. It's just so good. It better be with like a hundred generations of best men. Oh, I, li- I like that. As you become the best man, everybody in this crowd starts chanting called like speech, speech, speech. Yep. <laughs> they all start clinging their glasses with their forks. Oh yeah. The knives are forks. And it's just the best man is he he clicks, he comes online and he's like he goes and does it. He delivers the speech and then everybody's like, yeah, then the party's going on. He almost he's speaking with all the voices of the previous best men. He's got like that projected booming multi voice. Oh, spooky. But then as soon as the speech ends, it kind of like his he kind of loses a little bit of the wind in his sails and he's he's still got the suit on, but he's kind of restored to himself now. Oh, he was he was channeling his best man power. Yeah, that's his that's his superpower. His best man state. Yeah, the best man force like the Odin force, but better best the best force. (laughs) And do we do we cut away again to the studio from there or do we go black roll credits and then have our post credit scene where these guys are helping everyone to put away the chairs. And then once everybody else is cleared out, they look at each other, squint. And then immediately draw their swords and then smash cut black. No, I think first we have to cut back to the bedroom where the kid is like, Grandpa, there was no kissing in that. Hmm. Then he gives the kid a kiss on the head and he leaves. How's that for a kiss, you little prick? (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa, there was no kissing. (laughs) Pinch. How's that for a kiss, you little prick? He gives him an extra special one that's a nerve pinch that makes the kid go to sleep. Good night, you little. Well, it, it it cuts to the mom watching from the doorway. You know that specific look where they've got one foot back and they're like holding onto the door frame. Yeah, and she's leaning in and she goes, "Thanks, Dad." <laughs> like the the she's not concerned at all that the guest has been. Not. Nope. Thanks, Dad. Looks like you tuckered him right out. And that's when we cut back to Tucker and Todd, and, and they kind of hee hee hee. I, I, like, hey, I think that's an opportunity. 
because the, the the camera focuses on the mom and she says, thanks, dad. Looks like you talked him right out. And then the camera immediately switches back to the kid in the bed. But it's it's once again, it's the nipple double curled up in a blankie. <laughs> just just to throw that back out there a second time. Yeah. Yeah. He sure is adorable when he's sleeping. Is it, yeah, he is. Or they, <laughs> they, are, they sure are cute when they're sleeping. Yeah. And then that's that is an opportunity for Tucker and Todd to just be like snickering to themselves. They think they're geniuses. They've still got the blue the blue ice around their lips. <laughs> they're still they're still laughing. Well, I can't even remember what we were. Oh, we were laughing at the grandpa. They're laughing at the grandpa. <laughs> Who are you? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was so good, though. Who the hell are you? I was not expecting that. I was not ready for that. And <laughs> uh, Tucker Todd would find that especially funny. Who are you? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Who are you? Guys, we just did an episode on how dementia isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't dementia. They put a different person in there and they didn't tell Grandpa he was going to be there. <laughs> Poor yeah. grandpa. This was a, wasn't, that was a mean trick. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't dementia. That was sabotage. It's bullying. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mean trick. Somebody did this to grandpa. Now that's gaslighting. Yeah, especially if the kid was like, Grandpa, it's me. <laughs> You're like 35. He's like, Yeah. <laughs> I am. Don't you remember? <laughs> That's drives somebody fucking crazy. You just missed the last twenty years of my life, Grandpa. You've been asleep, Grandpa. You went to the bed. You went to the bathroom, and you fell asleep. <laughs> Don't you remember the stroke, Grandpa? You've been in a coma, Grandpa. This is your floor. wife. They just show him some lady. <laughs> Hillary. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> Poor grandpa. That was sabotage. That was. Okay, so that how do we we cut to Tucker and Todd giggling at their joke? <clears throat> do we have Yeah, a they probably credit? just I can't remember. Cleaning up? Yes, the cleaning up and then they uh once the last chair is stacked and the last person leaves. Oh, yeah. Only the two of them are still there. They narrow their eyes at each other. There's a beat. And then they both draw their swords. And then, bam, smash cut black. So we imply that the fight never ends, but we don't have to animate any more of it. Are you ready to be bested? I behest it. Ooh. I was trying to come up with a, at the behest of the quest man, but I can't come up with a reason for why there was a quest. I wanted to have a quest man, but I can't come up with a reason for one. At your behest, best man. At the behest of the vest man. He's handing out vests. Whatever. I got lost. It, it turned after 10 o'clock and my brain turned into popcorn. Yep. And I won't be able to laugh again for the next three days. Chuckled out. Yep. That was it. This was a good one. This is why we do this. This is what we do. Uh, thank you for everybody for listening to this episode of Tucker and the Tucker and Tasha show. No, this is Snideful. Thank you for listening to episode 66. Um, thank you for joining us. Tears, I think that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Go have fun, Brittany. <laughs> thank you for joining us in the writer's room. Brought to you by Snideful. Brought to you by Mackie. 
uh, go to at Mackie415 on Instagram and check them out. Thanks, everyone. Do that. Thanks, and good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to Snidefall. Hosted by Tucker and Todd. Right. I'm Gigi. And I'm Craig. If you'd like, you can send an email to snidefall at gmail.com. Or search Snidefall on social media. Which ones? I don't know. Great. I know that the Instagram account is spelled different. Whose idea was that? I don't know. Classic. I'll just put a link in the description. You can do that? OMG.